real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we take the smartest people we know and make them look dumb and then smart again. I'm Helen Hong, and now from the Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Wow, my goodness, what a crowd. This sounds like a Friday night crowd. Fantastic. It is a Friday night crowd. That might be why they sound like that. <laughs> Uh, Helen, how are you? What have you been up to since our last recording? I don't know. There must have been some drinking, because I can't remember. <laughs> Actually, I was at NPR headquarters earlier today. Ooh. It was very, very cool. I got to sit where, like, they do the news, and I was like, ooh, this is where the news happens. Is it all decorated in tote bags? There were so many tote bags. There were books every... It was very nerdy, but also, like, very nice. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet the first of today's guests. Helen, who's up first? He is a prolific actor, writer, and podcaster who starred in The League and is a host of How Did This Get Made? It's Paul Shear. Paul Shear, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Paul Shear. Guys, it's Paul Shear. Very excited to be here. Now, how did this get made? A hit podcast. Yes. How did you get the idea that people would want to hear people talk about bad movies? You know, I don't know. I think we got lucky, honestly, because I think the best part of seeing any movie is sitting around with your friends afterwards and talking about it. And so we just said, like, that could be a podcast. And we did that like way before podcasts were a thing, so we just like locked into it. If we did it now, we'd be, no one listened. <laughs> Wait, are you saying there's no market for new podcasts? No, mo no, yeah, you uh, should not uh -oh. be starting a podcast. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode Sorry. number eight. <laughs> number eight. Wow. Uh, now, what I think is so interesting is that you guys are all fans of The Room, and you talked about The Room on, yes. on a wonderful live episode that you did. Yes. And then you ended up in a movie about the making of The Room. Yeah, well, it was very interesting. We didn't want to talk about The Room originally because it had been kind of talked to death. Like that, Showgirls, The Phantom Menace, it's been done. Yes. And we're like, how can we do it differently? And we got Greg Sestero, who plays uh, one of the main characters in the film, The Room, <gasps> to come on. And when he came on, he just got the book deal to write The Disaster Artist. And our podcast and that book were the basis of the movie. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. And that's yeah, because he actually spoke about some of the stuff on the podcast he didn't even put in there. It's the gold standard of bad movies. There, yeah, it is. It's pretty amazing. And now I was cast in that movie, but James Franco, who directed that movie, did not know that we had a podcast about The Room. What? Oh, really? Did not know. Does Until, he know now? How did now, he know now he did know after, but after when we were doing press for the movie, he was like, you guys do a podcast about bad movies? <laughs> He's like, do you ever do The Room? Like, yeah, we did The Room. We had Greg on the show. Like, oh, all right, cool. Wait, so the, the casting wasn't because of the podcast? I always thought it was. I, I, wow. I, I was cast based on talent, and I hate that. Wow. I wanted wow. to be cast from nepotism. You must feel so dirty. Yeah. That's so used. <laughs> now, that's a, that's a great example of somebody who, who uh, was a good sport about them being in a bad movie and, and who was happy to play along and talk yeah. about it. Have you encountered people who maybe were not so happy about being teased for their movie that they made? You know, we try very hard not to make fun of the people in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and 
the movies that we pick, the chances are that everyone knows. Look, I've been in some movies. I know. Like, I'm not gonna come. I'm not gonna come after you if you start talking about Piranha Three Double D. I'm not gonna. Hey, hey, now. Wow. What? Double D. Yeah, it was the sequel to Piranha Three D, and they really classed it up for the sequel. Wow. Um, that was a movie that I said yes because I said, would you like to be on a water slide with Ving Rhames? I was like, absolutely. Yes. That is a life dream. And uh, it, it, was, it was as great as I imagined, every bit of it. Wow, uh, yeah. that's like a bucket list item that I didn't know needed to be on my bucket list item <laughs> yeah. until yeah. just now. Oh, yeah. Like, water Rames slide a, with Ving Rhames. Yeah, it was, and it was magical. I, I, can, I can imagine a movie about that just with that, with oh that scene. Oh, my gosh, there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here, Mr. Paul Shear. And Helen, who will Paul be playing against this evening? She is the co-creator and star of Playing House and co-host yeah, and co-hosts the podcast Womp It Up. It's Lennon Parham. Lennon Parham. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Now, Lennon, you also have a very popular podcast called Womp It Up. Is it popular? Oh, right. you're, you're here. I mean, uh, what am I going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. It's like Netflix. They don't tell us how we're doing. They just say, we would like more of it. Okay. Oh. Well, have, they, have they wanted more of it? Yes. That's oh. popular, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Popular. Uh, how did your podcast come to be? It was sort of a spin-off podcast, it? was it? a spin-off, yes. So my writing partner, Jessica St. Clair, had created a character called Marissa Wampler, who was sort of like her 13-year-old self, but exponential. And she asked me to come on as her gifted teacher. <laughs> and I came on the podcast. It was Scott Ackerman's Comedy Bang Bang podcast where he interviews real people but also people as characters. And so I just started improvising and kind of followed it where it went. And she was not on board. She, thought, she, <laughs> she was like, what are you doing? What? This is my show. Like, it was yeah. bad. But the people spoke, and they, <laughs> and they loved it. And so we did it a couple more times. And she, you know, once it was like funny, she kind of had to have more of it. <laughs> so we um, spun off into our own podcast. So funny. Yeah, I and, love that. And now, was there as much resistance in creating playing house with Jess? No, no. And also, we had a show oh. before that, which we shot not too far from here, actually called Best Friends Forever. So we did, we worked out all our kinks on Best Friends okay. Forever. <laughs> so by the time we got to Playing House, we were like off and running. Oh, nice. Yeah. And now, of course, unfortunately, Playing House has come to an end. Yes, it has. Uh, After three glorious, critically acclaimed seasons. <laughs> Very good. I, I hear that makes it popular. Yes. Oh, okay. Do you know what's next for you? Are you, are you involved in pilot season at all? Or Ugh, pilot season. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jess and I are crafting some movies. Also, I'm just auditioning and doing that thing, doing Womp It Up. I have two beautiful children. I built a fireplace for my daughter's school play. I'm very way, excited about it. By the way, one of the first things I said to you when I saw you was how much I enjoyed that fireplace. I, I saw it. Yeah. It and really touched me. And as a parent me. with crafts, I was like, that's good. Yeah, That's yeah, really yeah. Wait, really like good. a working fireplace or like a fake fireplace? Helen, <laughs> come on, man. No, <laughs> yeah. it's not she was feeling good about it. Yeah. You didn't have to bring in the. Oh, no, it's yeah. made out of cardboard. If there was fire, it would explode. Oh, yeah. That's no, cool. it, <laughs> was this for a production of something that the yes, kids were doing? Yes, there's a. So the preschool that she goes to is They're very intense. In America. <laughs> they did. No, I'm, this is no joke. Last year they did West Side Story and The Tempest. What? Jeez. That is. Two to five-year-olds, yes. 
And my Maria, daughter would come Maria. Maria. Dad, because my kid just pretends he's a cat. <laughs> come into yeah, my Paul room. was bragging Meow. for dropping a kid off. <laughs> We're certainly happy to have Miss Lennon Parham. All right, now, Paul and Lennon, we ask each of you to provide us with a few topics outside of your field of work in which you feel you have expertise. Paul, you told us you know a lot about Disneyland. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to say something about that? Yeah, I do. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I came from a weird background where I did not know any other vacation other than Disney. From the time I was what? five years old to 18, we went once or twice a year to Disney World, uh, and now I go to Disneyland a lot with my kids. You also said you know a lot about parenting. I can guess why. Well, yeah, well, I was thinking about things that I know about, and I was saying, like, well, here's something I talk about a bunch, yeah. simply because I'm doing it. Well, and then this last one will make sense based on uh, that previous yeah. one. You also said you know a lot about Paw Patrol. Oh, <laughs> I have. Now, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Paw Patrol is about a team of pups in Rescue Bay. <laughs> That work for an unnamed organization. Uh, well, they're Paw Patrol, but we don't know if they're government funded or not. And um, yeah, I mean, we can get into it. If yeah, well, let's, 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 say, say, let's see if uh, we yeah. get to it. Lennon, you said you know a lot about childbirth. Ouch. Unmedicated, specifically. Wow. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Also, you said you know a lot about Michael Jackson. I do. Yep. Now, where did that come from? What do you mean? Like, was that like been like Life. a lifelong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's been like you've been in. No, I mean, Thriller came out when I was like eight, or it was just like love at first sight. I, I also performed, just so you know, in fourth grade, a freestyle dance to PYT. Um, wow. I it's a shame a this is an audio-only program. Yeah. Wow. Oh, she's Holy doing it right now. Wow, what an amazing dance, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, Lenny, you said you know a lot about communicating effectively with a customer service rep. I do indeed. Oh! I, Where does know, that come my, from? My, like, southern bitch really comes out when I get on the phone with a person that I will never see their face. Ooh! And they tell me, you know, that they can't get, ADT can't get out here when I'm, <gasps> like, up two weeks away from giving birth. Like, Ooh. I got into it with this guy, Terry, who clearly had <laughs> just started. First of all, you got to learn their names off the bat. Wow. Terry, Terry, tell me. And then you get really into it, and then you're like, Terry, I've got a baby come out of me in two weeks, okay? And you're telling me I can't get alarms on my windows? Oh, wow. You know, anyway, yeah. it's good. Good tip for all you fellas out there. Great one in there. All right, well, later on, we'll be asking each of you some in-depth trivia question about one of these topics. But first, we want to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. Now, if either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person does have a chance to take away some of those points. Your subjects today, English and the English. Up first, Paul with yes. English. Paul, the world around us is getting faster and faster. In fact, we might not even notice that words that start with the same six letters don't mean the same thing. So, please tell us, what is the difference between expedient and expeditious? Ooh, interesting. I would say that expedient is more of a simply, like, I did it quickly. All right. Uh, where expeditious is we, we had an expedition, and we found that Yeti. <laughs> okay. 
you saved the Yeti for the end. I wasn't yeah, quite, yeah, quite yeah, expecting yeah, that. Yeah. That, uh, that was quite a, quite a turn. Uh, all right, well, we have uh, Paul's answer. We don't know yet if he's correct. Now, Lennon, if you don't think he's got it exactly right, you can steal the points by giving us the correct answer. Do you think he got it exactly right? I do. <laughs> you do? I do. Okay, you don't want to hazard a different guess? Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, we need to exit from this segment, so let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Expedient is something helpful, useful, or beneficial. Mm-hmm. Expeditious is quick or speedy. For example, oh, wow. to a, yeah, wow. yeah, exactly. Wow. For example, to avoid being seen, the politician left his mistress's apartment in an expeditious manner. To keep the woman from talking, he then paid her $130,000, which was politically expedient. Totally hypothetical example for you guys. Yeah. I think I've been using both of those words never, obviously, but (laughs) in my mind, incorrectly. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. you guys bummed it out. Yeah, Yeah, you guys. Totally wrong. <laughs> All right, up next, Lennon, your subject today, the English. Uh-oh. Your question to ponder, what is the difference between Great Britain and the UK? Uh, I believe Great Britain is the continent that includes Wales and England, and then the United Kingdom includes also Ireland and Scotland, as well as the continent. I oh. mean, she, she sounds exactly right to me. I, 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 I'm no. saying the continent. But yes, the uh, continent. Yeah, they, you know what I mean. Yeah. Of Great Britain. <laughs> right. The continent. Yeah. North America. South America, Antarctica. Great Great Britain. Britain. All right, it all fits. Uh, Yep. Well, Paul, you do have a chance to steal if you think she's wrong. Well, I mean, I'm not just going to pony up on the continent thing. I I feel like that would be cheating. I I mean, just to hazard a guess, Mm. I will say that the uh, United Kingdom is anyone under the rule of the Queen and Great Britain is a greater landmass. All right, well, we certainly have answers. Uh, let's, uh, it's time to cross the pond, though, and see which one is correct. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. Great Britain is the island that contains England, Scotland, and Wales. Oh, Scotland's attached. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right, because the whole so brave not quite heart. a continent, yeah. but, you know, a, right. a landmass. And the UK is the sovereign state that contains this island, plus more, including a big chunk of Ireland. As far as the United Nations is concerned, UK is actually short for the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. So I think I'm going to give you both a half point. What? A half point each? Each of you got... Yeah, each of you got vaguely there. Yeah, hey, vaguely, yeah. vaguely there. Because, Paul, you did say that it was the landmass, yes. which is correct. And then, Lennon, you did say uh, Ireland, part of Ireland was that. So what does that mean after our first round, Helen? Yeah, after our first round, Paul Shear has half a point, and Lennon Parham has half a point. Oh, that's right, but those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself! <laughs> Gertz. 
And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the host of Everything's, Everything's Coming, Coming Up, Simpsons. Simpsons. We are a Simpsons podcast brand new to the Maximum Fun Network, and every episode we cover a different episode of The Simpsons um, that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright, all people that have worked on The Simpsons, and we've also had guests like Weird Al and people that are on the Max Fun Network already. And each week we will talk to a very cool guest about their favorite episode, and it is so much fun. So if you like The Simpsons, come listen to Everything's Coming Up, Simpsons. All right. Smell you later. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Paul Shear with half a point and Lennon Parham with half a point. Wow. Once again, here's Jake Heath Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen Hahn. Thanks, everybody. What an evenly matched game we have tonight. It's hot. It's hot nice. game. Hot right game. All right, Paul. Now, of your many interests, you told us that you know a lot about Disneyland. Yes. Parenting yes. and Paw Patrol. Indeed. Tonight, we want to talk to you about Disneyland. All right. Very excited. That's great. That's great news for me. Okay, great. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about your history with Disneyland. Well, like I said, I visited there a lot. And now when I moved to California, the fact that Disneyland is kind of like only a 40-minute drive from my house is awesome. I love it. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's nerdy or whatever. I have been, I have gone there by myself. I've you really, have? Yeah. Like on a Tuesday? That's the best time to go. Yeah. There's, a little, there's a little schedule I know, and there's like, a, like, there's like a little gold trophy on it. You go there. There's no lines. It's super fun. It's there, and it's sort of like, hey, if you're having a crappy day, go to Disneyland. Yeah. It's great. You got like one of those passes. It's like a yeah. nice. I mean, it's know. in Valencia. Why not? Yeah. Anaheim, but sure. Anaheim. So, yeah. yeah. You know, whatever. Half a point for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Touche. Do you have a favorite ride or favorite part of I Disneyland? do. I have two favorite things that are not in. See, Disneyland is great because it's kind of OG Disney. Uh, where Disney World is kind of a little bit more corporatized. I know they're owned by the same exact entity, and that makes no sense, but <laughs> they hear me out. Uh, the thing that I like about Disneyland is that there's a Club 33, which was Walt Disney's like private club where he could like serve liquor, and that's like a real place that is there that's yes. not manufactured. There's also this ride, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which is not in Disney World, which was closed down in Disney World, but the main character, you, when you're in the ride, you go to hell. That's not a great what? ride for children. I, um, I, I did take my daughter on that ride. What? And it was a bad move. It's a frightening ride. It's a yeah, frightening it's ride. You go so if you're it. having a crappy day, go to hell at Disneyland. Yeah. Wow. And what do you think about the future plans that they have for Disneyland? They're the adding Star a whole, Wars. Star Wars. Thing. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, you're a big Star Wars excited. fan as well. I am a Star Wars fan. I I, I like the idea. Well, this I'm so deep dive into my nerdiness of Disneyland. That's what we're here for, uh, Paul. I love it because. So the whole idea of the Disneyland Star Wars park is that there are going to be rides, sure, but <laughs> it's going to be a much more interactive experience. So mm. how you do on the rides is how the people will treat you in the park. No. Wow. It's a merit-based system. Yes. So like there's a Millennium Falcon ride, and in that ride, if you do well, they're like, great, come with us. We need to do this other mission. What? And then you'll, so you could basically spend the entire day just in Star Wars land doing these little missions. But whatever. like if you don't do well, they just escort you to the parking lot? What happens? I think, you, I think you're, I, no, no, it's not like you get kicked out. It's sort of yeah. like you get on a lower, like you're either like a lower tier or you right. get higher tier. So like, like, uh, I mean, again, I don't know I'm not in the inner workings of the planning of it, but I know yeah. that that's 
they're basically trying to figure out how do we keep this in. So I think the idea of like escape rooms and, and, right, and scavenger see. hunts are now going to be a part of Disneyland. Well, now, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Disneyland to test your mastery oh of the subject Who with our that? expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show off, here are five trivia questions about Disneyland. I'll each. get everyone wrong. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> uh, here we now, go. they are each worth one point, but oh, if you great. want it, you're allowed a hint for any two of these five questions. Okay, great. Okay, now, Lennon, listen closely because if Paul answers incorrectly and you know the correct answer, Got you it. can steal and make Paul feel, well, apparently, like it's inevitable because he doesn't think he's going to get any of them right. I just know that under pressurized situations, I'm going to fall apart. Here we go. Right. <laughs> it's that winning attitude that we've come to love in Paul. Right. By the way, Lennon, how much do you know about Disneyland? I went there once. Okay, this will be <laughs> continuing yeah. our high-scoring game. Here we go, Paul, number one. Each Disney park has a unique castle that comes from a Disney movie. Which movie's castle is featured at the original Disneyland? Oh, well, that's easy. That's Sleeping Beauty's castle. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. One point for Paul. The prophecy has come untrue. <laughs> Number two, Paul, what is the name of the paddle wheeler boat that steams around Tom Sawyer oh, Island? I know this. Oh, my goodness. It's the thing that you don't ever want to go on. And it's the thing that only works on the days where it's most crowded. And I know this because I've been there on two of the most crowded days. One, the day after Christmas, because my brother-in-law, who I love, just is like, let's go to Disneyland. I'm like, do you really want to go the day after Christmas? It's going to be insane. Um, that's all to stall to say okay. I need a hint. Okay, uh, Helen, how about a hint? The boat's real name is Samuel Clemens. Oh, the Mark Twain? That Helen, is correct. That is correct. Yeah. That all right, is correct. great. Very good use of the hints. You're two for two, Paul. All right. Number three, Star Tours had a bumbling droid that led you onto the yes. space ride. That yes. droid was voiced by Paul Rubin. Oh, now, as both a Star Wars fan and a Disneyland fan, what was the name of the droid? Oh, that, I thought you were going to ask me Paul Rubin's. I would have nailed that one out <laughs> of the gate. Oh, like he had a name that was, uh, I remember his voice. I remember mm -hmm. everything. Um, Imagine him using that voice, perhaps to say his like, name. Uh, it was like he was a very. Uh, Can you give, oh, it, give it a little more of the voice? Uh, maybe uh, I, I want to say like his name was like a bad version of like I'm Art Four Three Three Nine. It was like a play on that, and I'm gonna just say like R Two Three Nine because I want to use that hint. Was later it R Two Three Nine, Helen? It was not R Two Three Nine. Incorrect. Lennon with a chance to steal. Captain EO. Was it Captain? <laughs> <laughs> not Captain EO. No, but your your love of Michael Jackson is certainly showing Thank through. You. No, no. Thank the correct you. answer was RX-24 or right. Rex, also known as Rex. Uh, Rex. That's so close. I mean, it was, close. It was then that world. Yeah, you yeah. were in the zone. Yeah, in yeah. the zone. All right, but let's see if you can uh, come back on this one. Number four. Beautiful. The lead singing bust in the Haunted Mansion was voiced by the same person who provided the voice of what iconic breakfast character? Oh, uh, Tony the Tiger? That is correct. That is correct. Oh. Great job. Great. <laughs> Interesting side note, the lyrics of The Haunted Mansion, written by Peter Tensio, the director of Key and Peele, his grandfather? Yeah. So wow. Yeah. Well, it's, if we gave bonus points, we, yeah. you would get one. Uh, that was a super that deep was dive. Good. The, the voice actor, by the way, is named Thurl Ravenscroft, his real name. And fun fact, the bust that sings is actually a likeness of Thurl Ravenscroft. Oh, wow. I'll give you another fun fact about a voiceover artist. <laughs> All right. When we did Best Together, a show I did for VH1 a long, long time ago, the person who did the voiceover for that was the voiceover artist for uh, Lion-O and the Thundercats and was always drunk. Okay, uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Best week ever indeed. All right, here is number five. What band's music was added to Space Mountain to create Rockin' Space Mountain, a special version of the ride that changed its theme 
to a rock concert in space for several months. All right, my, my gut would be it would be Aerosmith because it was like the rock and roll roller coaster. And I know that there's been a million changes on that ride to like hype it up, but I'm going to ask for a hint. All right, his second and final hint, Helen Hong. The main music was a song written by Stevie Wonder, but performed by the band that you heard on the ride. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I'm going to say Red Hot Chili Peppers. That Helen? is correct. It is correct. It was oh. the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow. Higher ground, of course, was okay, the song. Did you get that from the hint? I did, yeah. Wow, because wow. I read that and thought, wow, that hint is useless. That yeah. is a oh. No, I, not I, to you. I write the hints for a reason. Yeah. All right, Paul, you did quite well on that, but now here's your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It's time for your cluster facts. All right. Oh, man. This question is so high-level, we'll be bringing on an expert to assess your response. Now, oh, you may man. know this right away. You may need to think on it. The correct answer is worth up to three points. Okay. Back in the day, visitors to Disneyland needed a separate coupon or yes. ticket for each attraction. Mm -hmm. The tickets ranged from a lowly A ticket yes. to a much-coveted E ticket. Yes. Now, the ticket system ended in 1982. Mm -hmm. For up to three points, name three of the attractions you could visit with a C ticket in 1982. Oh, wow. Okay. Harsh. No, this Harsh is question. easy. This is easy, okay? <laughs> I had faith in you the entire time, Paul. <laughs> These people did not. I'm going to say that one of them is uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I feel like that's, I'm going to say that's one of them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to also say that Autotopia is one of them. And then I'm going to put teacups in there. Okay. So, again, we have uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Autopia, yeah. and teacups. All right. We have Helen marking down those answers, and we have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight, we have a former Disneyland tour guide oh, wow. and an official Disney historian for the Walt Disney Family Museum. It's Joseph Tatesian. Joseph Tatesian. Hi. How are you? Hi, everybody. Joseph, tell us a little bit about what the Walt Disney Family Museum is. The Walt Disney Family Museum, it's not a part of the company. It was uh, created by Walt's daughter, Diane Disney Miller, and Walt's grandkids. It's in the Presidio of San Francisco. It tells Walt's life story uh, in 10 galleries. If you want to get to know a little bit more about the man himself and the amazing things he created, come check it out in San Francisco. I didn't even Francisco. know about Wow. And what do you do so there as a historian? <laughs> a lot of uh, writing, reading, trying to find uh, documents and uh, collections all across the country. Has there been a particular thing that you've found in your uh, going through the archives that uh, you were particularly surprised to find? Oh, geez. Um, one thing a lot of people don't know, there's a um, art school here in Southern California in Valencia where Magic Mountain is, not Disneyland. <laughs> so that was actually one of Walt's uh, final projects where he passed away. He wanted to create an art school. And uh, they have a pretty cool collection of some of his paperwork. And I found the documents his secretary created kind of essentially how to run his office each day, so what time coffee had to be ready, what kind of beverages he Ooh. liked, mm. kind of gives you a glimpse of what the man was like and what his He really crazy was in control of like. every element of his operation. Well, I mean, think about it. He had to be. He had, at, one t at the same he time... He hired someone to design his autograph, and then he copied it. I mean, that's, like, that's the level wow. of control. He's like, my autograph needs to look badass, so I need an <laughs> yes. artist 
to design like like that's his whole thing. I, his real autograph is a little uh, more realistic and a little messier than what we're used to seeing. Wow. <laughs> well, what, what's your favorite thing to point out to people when you're giving a tour of Disneyland or when you're used to? Well, a lot of people don't realize Disneyland is the only park that Walt himself actually got to walk through. He designed that. It was mm. it was his toy essentially. It was his place to go, have fun, relax, enjoy with his family. Once he got more uh, popular because he was on TV as a host, it was harder for him to be in the park incognito. But um, you know, he passed away before Walt Disney World opened, even though he helped plan it. So it's really a special place because his fingerprints, you know, 60 mm. some years later, are still all over that place, even though it continues to grow and change. How about that? All right, well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here tonight. You heard the question that we asked Paul. As a reminder, we asked him to name three of the attractions that you could visit using a sea ticket in 1982. Helen, let's remind everyone of the first answer that Paul gave. 20,000 leagues under the sea. No. No, I'm sorry. That was not one On of them. On multiple levels. Actually, 20,000 Leagues did not exist at Disneyland. That's what the attraction was called at Walt Disney World. At Disneyland, it was the submarine voyage from when it opened in 59. submarines. But that was not a sea ticket ride, no, was it? Never. Okay, so E-ticket. Ah. Opening, it was the first E-ticket. That, the monorail, and the Matterhorn were the very first E-ticket attractions wow. in 1959. All right, Helen, let's remind everyone of the second answer that Paul gave. Paul said Autotopia. Okay. <laughs> Uh -oh. He is correct, but it is Autopia, not Autotopia. Uh, well, that's a pet peeve I think of mine. it's the so microphone. can we take off like a third of a point? You, come on, come you on. You are the judge. No, no, we'll give it to him, but everybody, it's Autopia. Autopia, but that is a point for Paul Shear. And finally, Helen, let's remind everyone of the third answer that Paul gave. Paul said teacups. That is correct. The Mad Tea Yay. Party C ticket. There you go, two out of three. Uh, now, Paul, do you want to ask anything of our uh, Disney experts? Well, yeah, I have one question. Have you ever heard this story? So... I guess Big Thunder Mountain Railroad was going to have a pirate's kind of ride in the center of it or something like that. But I heard that like all the figures were stolen from this like 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 Journey Through America or whatever that ride was going to be and occasionally now people will like list one of those figures out on eBay or some or <gasps> under the in the Disney black market probably not eBay. And and like like I didn't know if Disney like do they try to do they try to like hunt them down? Is there like an Indiana Jones Disney preservation? <laughs> like, gotta get these things that people are, you know, that are yeah, Joseph, part is, of... Yeah, is know. Disney a litigious company? Uh. <laughs> well, there is a Disney Archives and the Imagineering Group that uh, does all the theme parks. They have their own uh, library and vault where they keep, you know, old attraction parts, um, model pieces and whatnot. So the attraction you're talking about was called Western River Expedition. It was going to be the Walt Disney World equivalent to Pirates because when they built Florida, right. they figured this is so close to the Caribbean, East Coasters aren't going to want to see Pirates. <laughs> what do they not have on the East Coast? Cowboys, because that's a uh, West Coast thing. So we'll do a big cowboy ride, but it was going to be phase two. And so they opened Walt Disney World, and the guests said, this is great, but where the hell are the pirates? We want Pirates of the Caribbean. So they scrapped this amazing attraction wow. and built a... Everybody, you'll probably agree with me, uh, inferior, secondary yes. Pirates of the Caribbean in Walt Disney World. Wow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm still obsessed with the Indiana Jones of Disney, like, like <laughs> oh, yeah. wearing, I think we got a movie. I think we got a movie pitch. Uh, ears and holding National a treasure, but much lower stakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Joseph, if people want to find out more about your work or about the museum, where can they find you? Uh, go to WaltDisney.org to find out all about the Walt Disney Family Museum. Check out the uh, blog that we have there called Storyboard. You might find a couple nerdy articles written by yours truly, getting to know all about all facets of Walt and his amazing company. Thank you so much for being here. Joseph Tatizian, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.
All right, Helen, let's get a score recap from that round. After that round, Paul Shear has six and a half points, and Lennon Parham has half a point with a round of questions coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Lennon about a topic she knows about. Plus, later, Lennon and Paul will go head-to-head -head in our Fast Facts round to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Hey, you with the headphones. Just between you and me, the Max Fun store just got some of that sweet, sweet new merchant stock. You know, that merch from your favorite Max Fun shows? Could be posters, tote bags, shirts, stickers, patches, aprons. We got it all. Well, we got a lot. Point is, there's some new stuff. Go to maxfunstore.com. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Paul Shear with six and a half points and Lennon Parham with half a point. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. All right, Lennon, you got your work cut out for you, but I think you're going to put a lot of points on the board in this round. I am not. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Paul had that same attitude, yeah. and look where he is now. That's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, Lennon, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about childbirth, That's correct. Michael Jackson, yep. and communicating effectively with a customer service rep. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk to you about Michael Jackson. I was hoping that. <laughs> Wait, who have you got here? I am going to lose my mind. You may lose your mind, but we'll see. Uh, well, you know what? We, <laughs> we tried to get Terry from ADT, but he wow. was not available. Uh, so, Lennon, tell us again about your love of Michael Jackson and why you know so much about him. Uh, I think I just got obsessed with him like every other person in America. Um, and then when I started to study more or listen more and go back to, like, Off the Wall uh, and earlier albums, it just... I don't know. He's he's like everything. <laughs> What's wow. your favorite album? Um, I would have to say Off the Wall. Okay, Ooh. interesting. Yeah. How's your moonwalk? It's terrible, but I did marry a man who could do this—the worm thing. Okay. Ooh. Did you you ever play uh, the Moonwalker <laughs> video game where you threw your hat at the bad guys? Yeah. <laughs> well, Lenny, what was your favorite Michael Jackson project or work? I have to say, I loved. This is it. I had tickets mm. to see him in concert and was going to go to London to see him in concert, wow. and then he passed away. <gasps> oh. um, we had gotten four tickets, and it was insane. I had never seen him, so it was like a huge deal. Oh, no. Um, and, yeah. That documentary is really good. It's great. I, it's I thought so it was good. really underrated. And you see kind of like you know, how he's affected all these other artists yeah. and all these dan I mean, all the dancers, like, could not yeah. believe yeah. that even they were in the same a, room with him. Right. And even if you're not a fan of Michael Jackson, I just think what it showed of the creative process, how you yeah. put something together and how you, how you lead people yeah. on, a, on a big project like did, that. Did, did you marry your husband because he could do the worm thing? <laughs> I'm going to say no. Okay. Because I want to <laughs> stay married yeah. to him. He but can you also have to think merengue, about it. which yeah. is pretty impressive. Now, uh, all right, Lennon, uh, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in Michael Jackson oh to God, test your mastery uh, with an expert level question worth up to three points. But before okay. that, to give you a chance to show off, here are five trivia questions Terrified. about Michael Jackson, each worth one point. As a reminder, you also have two hints available to you okay. among these five questions. Paul? Of course, you can steal if she gets any of them wrong. How much do you know about Michael Jackson? I yeah. mean, look, I was a child of the 80s, so I, I feel like he's a part of me as, as much as anybody else. All right, well, uh, let's just another do... part of me. That's actually a song by Michael Jackson. Wow, <laughs> Boy, very nice. Wow. Yeah, and Paul, you are not alone. <laughs> All right. Here we go, Lennon, question number one. Many oh, famous people were happy to collaborate with Michael Jackson. Yes. What rock guitarist recorded this solo on a Michael Jackson number one hit, and what was the name of the song? Please listen. Oh, it was, oh wait. 
Lennon is smiling. What is the answer? So it goes that and it goes right into beat it, and that's Eddie Van Halen. Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Eddie Van Halen and beat it. All right, here we go. Number two, a question about Michael's personal life. Michael was married twice. Yes. Once to Lisa Marie Presley and yes. once to whom? Oh, this is not the music. <laughs> <laughs> you did uh, not say the music of Michael Jackson was your expertise. That's you said true. Michael I Jackson. I didn't specify, did I? Um, I don't know. Lisa Cabrone or was something. Was it Lisa Cabrone? <laughs> it was not. Not Lisa Cabrone. Cabrone. Paul with a chance to steal. Oh, I don't know. Can I take her hint? No. No, you cannot have her hint. <laughs> no, I don't know it. Doesn't know it. All right, Helen, who was it? It was Debbie Rowe. Debbie Rowe, oh, yes. Debbie Which Rowe, sounds like yeah. a name you would put on like a legal brief if you're trying to be Rowe anonymous. Roe versus Wade, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see if you can bounce back with this one. Question number three. Most people know the number one albums of Michael Jackson, but not all his albums were hits. Yeah. In fact, which 1975 album of his is his only non-compilation solo record not to crack the top 100 on the Billboard charts? 1975. Mm -hmm. You do have a hint available if you'd like it. Sure, take the hint. Helen, how about a hint? It included the singles, We're Almost There, and Just a Little Bit of You. Mm. This, I can picture what his face looked like then. That's close and, enough. And the size of his afro, it was sizable. And that was, like, <laughs> that was around the whiz time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to say... Michael and the magic of the music. <laughs> was it Michael and the magic of the music? It was not. No, Paul with a chance to steal. Self-titled Michael Jackson. Helen? No. No, a good guess. No, no, it was actually called Forever Michael. Right, right, Forever right, right, right. Michael. Forever, comma, Michael. Oh, yes, I'm sorry, the comma. Forever, I think it's a comma, silent comma, Michael. but we'll see. Uh, here we go, number four. In November of 2002, Michael Jackson is seen on video dangling his baby from a fourth-story balcony. In what city did the baby dangling take place? This is all about the stuff I don't like. Oh, um, but it still well, the happens. baby's name was Blanket. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that part too, yeah. I think it was in Italy. Um, you do have a hint available if you'd like it. Sure, I'll take it. All right, let's hint. have that second hint, Helen. It was right near the Brandenburg Gate. Oh, this is great. I did. It, was it on a continent? <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm it was on a continent. All right, I'll say Berlin. Was it Berlin? That is correct. It is Berlin. Oh! It's funny because I also thought Italy for whatever reason. I was like, oh, Italy, definitely yeah. Italy. Well, Italy is for lovers and for baby it's danglers. It's sort of the yes. Vatican thing, yes. like the pee came out. By the way, I the believe that around. if he dangled that baby in Italy, people wouldn't have freaked out so much. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> All right, you're back on. Uh, you're back on track. Let's see if you can close it out with number five. Now, this is a harder question, but I think you, I think you have a good chance at it. Okay, sure. Number five, Weird Al Yankovic recorded several parodies of Michael's songs, mm. all with Michael's blessing. But there was one song Al wanted to record that Michael did not want him to. What was the song that Michael thought was too important to be parodied? I'm going to say uh, Heal the World. Helen, was it oh, Heal the World? Right. It was not No, Heal I'm sorry, the Paul, world. with a chance to steal. I'm going to say... Man in the Mirror. Was it Man in the Mirror? It was not Man no, in the Mirror. No, no, no. The, uh, the parody was called Snack All Night, and it was a parody of Black or oh, White. Oh, I was going to say Black or White. Black yeah. or White. Too important to parody. Mm. All right. Uh, you, you struggled a little bit there, but you do have a chance to make it up with three points in your cluster fact. Ooh. Oh, my God. All right. Here you go, Lennon. 
Released in 1979, the first single from Off the Wall yes. was Michael Jackson's first number one hit as a solo artist yes. since 1972 and won him his first Grammy. Mm -hmm. For up to three points, what was the song, what was the 1972 song, and which Grammy did he win? Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Ben. Mm -hmm. And what Grammy was it? Which Grammy award was it? Best album. And best album. Now, it was for a single, so um, Don't you may want to reconsider that? it. The best Album something? for a single? Maybe best record? Is that what you're thinking? Yes, best record. And best record. Best okay. LP. Nailed it. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Helen, has, Helen is dutifully noting your answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Here with us tonight is one of the music industry's hardest working singers who sang on hit records for Luther Vandross, what? Aretha Franklin, and Michael Jackson. It's Paulette McWilliams. Paulette McWilliams, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Good Welcome. evening, Miss McWilliams. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm very well and very happy to, to see you here. We're going to talk about Michael Jackson a little bit, but let's talk about some of your other work. Uh, you have you were one of the harlots for Bette Midler on Broadway. What? Yes, yes. One of the harlots, yes. And in addition to the artist that uh, Helen mentioned, you also uh, worked, and if I'm not mistaken, toured with Marvin Gaye. I toured. I was the last. I was the on the last tour with Marvin Gaye. I did what? all the duets with all Marvin. the Tammy Terrell on his last tour. Wow. So you're pretty much a living legend. Uh, well, I wouldn't. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of what we're getting at. Okay, now, well, so we'll talk a little bit about what you did with Michael Jackson without revealing any of the answers um, that uh, we asked oh, Lennon. He was so intense with what he did. At the same time, he was the most gentle and kind spirit. Mm. Um, and I'm he was, <laughs> and he articulated everything the way he wanted it, and he was so acute. Did he welcome input or suggestions from singers like you? I never offered input. <laughs> I was... Well, that's probably why you did more than one uh, song with Michael Jackson. Uh, tell us a few of the songs that you recorded with Michael. Can You Feel It? <gasps> Can You Feel It? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Wow. That's me. On, don't Stop Till You Get Enough. That's her. That was her. Wow. Oh, my God. I just got chills. Yeah. You, you just sang six words, and, and I, I don't know what to do with myself anymore. Um, that's so crazy. That's great. And then uh, in addition to that, you, you currently have your own career as a solo artist, but in a, in a very specific genre. Yes, I sang everything from Placido Domingo record. I sang with uh, Sammy Davis Jr. record. That's me singing on, ooh, I love you, moaning, moan, moan, moaning. I'm no! doing <laughs> That's wow. myself and a lady named Stephanie Sproul, yes. Are you, like, are you like the Forrest Gump of music? Like you just ended up in like um, so many great songs of so many different genres. There's a lot. There's a lot. What? I was going to ask if you still sing, but obviously. Oh, of course. Obviously you do. Yeah. No, course, she's obviously I... slumming tonight. We're very aware of that. Wow. All right, Miss McWilliams, uh, we're thrilled to hear you sing uh, that and, and, and pretty much anything you want to sing. Yeah. But we do have to get to the reason that we brought you sure. here tonight as far as our game Absolutely. is concerned. You heard the question that we asked Lennon. We wanted her to name the first number one single from Off the Wall, the previous number one single that Michael had, and the name of the Grammy uh, that he won. Helen, let's please remind everyone of the answer that Lennon gave to what was the first number one hit from Off the Wall. Lennon said, don't stop till you get enough. And? She is. She's absolutely right. Absolutely right. <laughs> Don't point. stop till you get enough On featuring point. Paulette McWilliams. Wait, will you sing it again? Yeah. Don't stop till you get enough. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, you so know what? I, I don't think I can get enough of that. That is pretty amazing. Uh, and then, Helen, please remind everyone what Lennon said was Michael Jackson's previous number one hit. Lennon said Ben. Ben. 
Ben, the two of us need to look no more. Wow. <laughs> she got that right as well. That was about rats. That was about a rat, a very specific rat. It was about a rat, yeah. Wow. That rat really... So beautiful. That is gorgeous. Such a famous rat. And finally, let's uh, remind everyone, Helen, please, what Lennon said was the award that Michael won is his first Grammy. Lennon said best record or LP. Well, I can understand why she said that, but that one wasn't right. It was the best R&B Performance. Best oh. R&B performance. Did you go to the Grammys that year? Were you involved no. in that at all? No. Okay. No, I didn't go that year. Grammys. No. Can we just all just get on the same page? Been to a so lot Grammys of Grammy have... shows, but not yeah. that one. I don't. I don't know if I could list more than seven categories because they're all very specific. I get confused by the, the yeah. Grammy yeah. category. Yeah. And yeah. when yeah. are they going to have a Grammy for best uh, backup singer? Well, I'm a. I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> I am a vocalist that sings background. Oh, pardon me. Is that, is but that that's, okay. Okay. that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Because I sing my the genre. They they put me in the class of jazz, and it's because I do sing jazz, and it's my first love. Excellent. And if people want to want to hear you sing or, or go see you perform, where can they find you? Well, they can go to my website, and I'm also on Spotify. Ooh. And um, what's your website? My website is paulettemcwilliams.com. Uh, so, Lennon, while we have our Michael Jackson expert here, is there anything yes. you'd like to ask her? I just bow down to you. Oh, my gosh. I am in awe. I cannot believe that I said yes to do this podcast, and I'm sitting next to Paulette. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. We love it. Uh, All right, Helen, let's get... We make dreams come true here at Go Fast <laughs> That's Yourself. That's right. All right, Helen, let's get a score recap. At the end of that round, Paul Shear has six and a half points and Lennon Parham has four and a half points. This is still anybody's game with our final Fast Facts round coming up. We'll crown a winner when we come back on Go Fact Yourself! Uh, either way, we're now on the Max Fun Network and... Uh, I would like it if you checked it out. Uh, it's a lot less professional than what you're hearing right now. Um, <laughs> sp speaking of not as professional, I just it's a minute. I no, I just I just hit record just <laughs> twenty seconds ago. Oh. So we got the end of that. So just give us what the head again. Say? All right, hey, my name's Jonah well, Ray. Musical. No, it doesn't matter, Neil. My name's Jonah Ray. Uh, this is uh, I have a podcast uh, called Jonah Radio with my friends Cash. Oh, you gave your credits Neil. at the top. Um, no, it wasn't recorded. That's exactly no, 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 what he just gotta, said. No, but know, we that's gotta, what I'm now, now you got to do your credits. Where do people know you from? <sighs> Forget it. Listen to Jonah Radio on MaxFun.org. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself, where our score is Paul Shear with six and a half points and Lennon Parham with four and a half points. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, everybody. Now it is time for our final round we call Fast Facts. I'm going to read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Paul and alternate between each guest. We'll keep the discussion to a minimum. Each correct answer is worth one point. And again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we Go. Paul, the official language of India is Indian. False. Correct. That's right, it's Hindi and English. It turns out Indian, not a language. <laughs> Lennon, the official language of French Guiana is French. True. Correct. That's right. Paul, in Charlotte's Web, Charlotte is a pig. False. Correct. That's right, Charlotte is a spider. Wilbur is the pig. Lennon, the Los Angeles Lakers used to play in Minnesota. True. Correct. That's right, that might explain the lake theme. Paul, 
Honey Nut Cheerios is the best-selling breakfast cereal in the U.S. False. Incorrect. No, it actually has been for several years now. Lenin, there are only two books of the Bible named for women. True. Correct? That's right, Ruth and Esther. Paul, there is a species of lemur named for John Cleese. True. Adorably correct. That's right, <laughs> the Madagascan Avahi Cleesei. Lenin, Oprah Winfrey won a Tony Award. True. Correct. That's right, in 2016 as producer for the Color Purple Musical yes. Revival. Paul, Hillary Clinton won a Grammy Award. True. Correct. That's right, in 1997 for spoken word for It Takes a Village. And finally, Lenin, Donald Trump won an Emmy Award. Uh, false. Correct. That's right. He was nominated. <laughs> he was nominated twice for producer of The Apprentice, but hasn't won, and thankfully he just let it go. Uh, while Helen is tabulating the scores, let's give a nice hand to both of our contestants, Paul Shear and Lennon Parham. Helen, are you ready to announce a winner of today's episode? I am. At the end of the game, Paul Shear has ten and a half points and Lennon Parham is nine and a half points. Paul Shear by a mere one point is your facting champion on Go Fact Yourself. They're shaking hands, they're still friends. Paul, what will you do with your championship? Uh, well, I think I'll just lord it around everyone here uh, all night long and just really shove it in their face that I knew the landmass uh, when I refer to uh, the UK and Great Britain. Paul Shear, ladies and gentlemen, America's hero. Uh, all right, we're going to close things out by giving you an opportunity to promote any upcoming products, appearances, or services. Paul, what do you have going on? Uh, you can always listen to How Did This Get Made wherever podcasts are heard. And uh, if you're in Los Angeles, uh, the last Monday of every month, I do a show at Largo, which is kind of like show and tell for adults called Hanging with Paul Shear. Paul Shear, ladies and gentlemen. Lennon Parham, where can people find you? Um, you can go to Paulette's website and download her CD. Yes. <laughs> but also, uh, Womp It Up, wherever podcasts are found. And you can find my TV show, Playing House, Amazon, iTunes, etc. Lennon Parham, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Your co-host has been Ms. Helen Hogg. Yay! You lucky, Thank lucky you. people. You can see my stand-up comedy performance schedule at HelenHong.com. Helen Hong, ladies and gentlemen. And me, I'm on Twitter at J underscore Keith on uh, Instagram, which I, I've learned recently is called The Gram, uh, at jkeith.net spelled out. Uh, that just leaves me to thank Paul Shear, Lennon Parham, Joseph Tatesian, Paulette McWilliams, Helen Hong. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. <laughs> see us live. It's free. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. And give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Coman Chris did. He, she, or they said, what a fun podcast. Now a subscriber. Thanks, Coman Chris. Yeah, thanks, Coman Chris. Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from Angel City Brewery in downtown Los Angeles. Questions on Go Fact Yourself were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. It is produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Go Fact Yourself's theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. The show is edited by Christian Duenas. David McKeever is our live sound engineer. Special thanks to Marcy Carriker Smothers, Robin Randall, Devra Gregory, Emma Baumauer, Mike Avianos, Cody Lawrence, Scott.
Scott J. Langto, Daniela Zeltzer, and David Bianchi. I've been Helen Hong. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.